Hey, everybody. Welcome to Investing in Psychedelics. I'm Jeff Siegel. Joined with me today is Simeon Schnapper of JLS Fund. Simeon, Happy New Year, buddy. How you doing? I'm very, very well. Happy New Year to you, sir. It was a pretty exciting year last year for psychedelics. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> yes, least. it was. I mean, uh, about it. Listen, five years ago, would you have imagined that you'd be sitting here right now talking about the year in psychedelics in 2021? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, even even when we started the fund, um, you know, and started investing, uh, you know, in the quote unquote space, you know, two and a half, three years ago, I still still thought this was going to be a value play. We're going to have to wait and be very patient, but it's the right thing to do. And from the investor perspective, there will be returns. Um, but I thought that was going to be way down the road. So yeah, looking back um, on 2021 and everything that happened and how 2022 is, is looking. Um, yeah. It's like, I could even say I wouldn't expect stuff for like a hundred years from now, if you asked me a couple years ago. <laughs> well, okay, so let's look back at last year then. I mean, a lot happened. Uh, I'm not going to sit here. We're not going to have a three-hour podcast, but let's talk about what do you think are some of the most important things that happened last year in terms of not just for the psychedelics industry itself, um, from but also from the perspective of like the movement of helping people get the medicine they need. I know this is kind of a pretty broad question, but um, if you can boil it down to about five minutes, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could, <coughs> excuse me. I could boil it down. <coughs> wow. Coughing on a podcast in history has a fully different connotation, but. Um, you're not going to sp spread the, the Rona if you have, because right? it's, it's virtual. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. I imagine the next variant will have some propensity to infect digital. We'll get an email somehow. <laughs> that being said, um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can wax poetic for hours on that, but maybe just, you know, anecdotally um, and personally, you know, I still reflect back on this call from a great uncle who asked about an article in the Wall Street Journal about vets and MDMA and the VA. And he's like, is, is that what you do? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's like exactly what we're doing. And, you know, he was like, well, that's really good. I just, you know, I always just thought you were into the recreational or what did he say? He's like, oh, I just thought you were a drug dealer. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is like medicine too, you know, although it's really important to you know, know the gray and what's happening in the culture and the zeitgeist in general. So like just that one anecdote um, is resonating with me because it was like personal, it was a family member, it was a big shift from, you know, that perspective of what are these things? It's not just a show or a jam band or this underground or rave. This is like these molecules with the right regulatory framework and the right shift in the zeitgeist can be, um, you know, a renaissance so that for me um i think was like the biggest indicator but everything under that all the regulatory stuff the decrim stuff fda emergency use and you know humanity and of course you know we're living in our own little vacuum here so it's not like everybody in the world is still aware of what's happening um or not aware of what's happening or is aware of what's happening 
um it's like it's shifting so that's like just the biggest thing um now how that plays out is you know the bigger question we certainly have a mandate and a thesis and you know we're on the ground in the front line of the regulatory the capital markets um you know we see it through the perspective of you know the multiple portfolio companies we invested in on how they're you know walking the line and doing some you know I guess the better word is, you know, a really educated guess on when things and which milestones will be hit and how, uh, how that will play out. Um, it's just biotech, did I, 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 with, right? I mean, generally speaking, biotech plays out the same way. You know, you kind of roll a dice, you have an idea and you have a, you have a justification for what you're doing, but until it goes through clinical trials, you really, you know, it's a, t you don't really know how it's going to go. You can have a rough idea, you know, but I would I would say structurally, yeah, um, absolutely, um, and it still needs to go through trials. But at least with the classical psychedelics, we know they work That's if true. it's the right set and setting, and you can't dismiss how these molecules have been used, at least in you know my life, which is decades now, um, and what I've witnessed, and then you know the millennia of how these whether it's it's plant-based or synthetic um or some combination there of just all the people have used it so yes definitely biotech and definitely there will be some um uh, people creating new novel molecules um but i would say it's it just has every psychedelics have everything in their favor because you know, we have this history of them Right. So still needs to get approval, still need to go through trials, still need to do the animal testing and then the human trials and in concert with all the regulatory. But we know at least the classical ones, um, as well as, you know, some of the data we're getting um, and learning from the multitude of our portfolio companies who are preclinical or even some in the clinic in trials, um, like just the data is profound. So. Yes, biotech, but I think a little different in the sense that at least the psychedelics themselves, we know they're going to work or we know that there's so much evidence that they do. We've just never done it through like an FDA pathway. Right. Plus, there's the whole side of just, you know, I've been astounded at the decrim side. Like, you know, most, most guys are on measure 109 in Oregon, but talking to senators and talking to mayors and talking to others you know there's this other path where it's not going to be regulatorily approved through the fda as a medicine but it's still going to get out there and people are going to get the medicine quote unquote that they need that was an interesting thing that happened last year um and i don't like to compare the cannabis space to psychedelics because they're two different things um that being said it, there's always going to be that comparison strictly based on the fact that you know th these are uh, scheduled substances, you know, and that's why that comparison is made. And in the cannabis space, typically you didn't see a lot of support from the more conservative Republican uh, area. Um, but in psychedelics, there's been a lot of support from very conservative Republicans last year, specifically as it relates to helping veterans, which I think is, is, um, is very encouraging. You know, because we yeah. didn't see that in cannabis and we're seeing that in psychedelics and it's not just one person. I mean, every, probably every week or so I'll see another, whether it's a, a state 
a representative or someone on the, on the federal level saying, yes, we need to study this. It's not even a full, it's not even a, a, a full um, supportive gesture when they're saying, yes, we need to legalize and I've done this and I've, I've seen this work. It's more of, well, let's see what happens. Let's at least let people try this. And it may not seem like much on the surface, but it's a, I think it's a huge deal when you're talking about policy. Because, yeah. I mean, look, there's no body by bipartisan support on much of anything unless it has to do with these guys getting raises, you know, <laughs> to see bipartisan support so early, yeah. you know, regarding psychedelics is really, really encouraging to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's incredibly encouraging and it's, you know, just nothing else is working and you have, you know, the shifting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, or even what jurisdiction you live in. I mean, because this is global. One cannot dispute the data. I mean, just on the vet side, right? Just the trauma, the suicides. And it's like, hey, this might work. After people look at that balance of the data of what the molecules could do against this extreme, like people are dying. Right. So like what politician is going to and it's like, I don't know, it just feels, uh, it's taken forever, but uh, it feels like there's a big shift. It is definitely a big shift. I've, I've definitely noticed too that um, in terms of psychedelics companies, uh, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them seem to be run by people who are very wealthy and um, had their own experiences with psychedelics. And that was the catalyst for them. Um, obviously they, they see that there's money to be made or they wouldn't, they wouldn't be doing it. You know, I mean, yeah. all these guys, I mean, they're rich for a reason, you know, they know what they're doing. Um, I talked to, um, um, Christian Angermeyer the other day from a tie and, uh, and we were talking a little bit about that, how, uh, you know, he had his own experiences and, um, I believe he put 40 million of his own money into a tie when it first started. You know, I don't know many, many guys that have $40 million on the side that start a company and say, I'm going to put 40 million into the company. They always, hey, maybe a million here, a million there, you know, but they, they, they want more outside investment. And this guy's, listen, I, I know this works. You know, he has, he's experienced it himself. And it's not just him. I've seen this with other CEOs or, or management teams of psychedelics companies. Their enthusiasm is really, uh, is really apparent when you when you talk to them about their experiences which is interesting because you know being in the world of finance for i've been doing this since the mid 90s typically when i talk to ceos it's it's it doesn't matter what the industry is it's it's just we talk numbers you know yeah. it's all we talk about i don't yeah. see that in psychedelics it's personal you know and i think yeah. when it becomes personal there from the standpoint yeah. of the people running the company for me as an investor that's valuable to me because i know that they're they're tied to it not just because of the money but because there's a there's something deeper than that it's bigger than than the, the payoff you know the monetary payoff um and that gives me the confidence i think to to invest in companies like this i don't know if you've seen that as well yeah I, i've definitely seen it and just reflecting on our portfolio i mean so many of the the leaders uh, from the companies we invest in have had you know profound personal transformation um, on every extreme from curing sickness, i.e. they've battled with depression and other indications, 
to just the enhancing of wellness and like, wait, this has given me a completely new perspective on my, my purpose and my life and how my relationships are uh, constructed. Um, so yeah, it's just always nice, you know, having invested in a lot of different sectors. Um, this one is all, there's all the financials and all the different metrics, of course. Um, but yeah, it's nice when there's a humanity to it as well and a yeah. human perspective and you can align and be on common ground, you know, outside of, you know, what are the terms and what's the valuation and when are we going public or, you know, how do we expand greater patient access to, you know, A, B or C. So yeah, that is unique, I think, uh, maybe even to this space. And I might argue, um, um, you know, it's there in a lot of other spaces, but because we're in it, um, it's just, yeah, it's very cool and fortifying and um, just exciting that the companies you're investing in oftentimes have leadership who've seen the, the potential of this, um, not from a theoretical perspective, but personally, yeah. it becomes very real, very real immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, so, so last year, I mean, okay, we saw a lot of decriminalization uh, policy happening um, on the state level uh, and uh, on the on more of a local level as well, individual cities and counties seeking to decriminalize, which is interesting. Um, and then, of course, it was record number, record amount of, of capital flowing into the space last year. And, and then as well, you know, you have some pretty big names, like celebrity type people that are investing heavily into the space, whether it's, I don't know, like Mike Tyson or Joe Rogan. Um, you know, obviously, Michael Pollan is very active in it. Um, I don't know. What, what, other, what other celebrities am I missing? There's quite a few last year that were really vocal about there, yeah, there, there's a lot. I mean, I think what's even more exciting is when we get, when we finalize, you know, an investment in portfolio. And it's been very interesting. Some of the cap tables, like, you know, that period where everything's signed and then you see who, everybody who's invested, um, even sometimes when we're the lead or at the last moment, but some of the uh, celebrities that have uh, asked for discretion, yeah. um, but they really believe in it. And I think that's loosening up in general as the stigma lifts and you know the data comes out and the stories and the narratives about healing uh, healing um, any number of modalities. So I think you're gonna start to see a lot more celebrities uh, uh, come in the support of, you know, quote unquote, as you said before, like the movement. Um, but yeah, there's uh, you know, a lot of people getting involved, both as investors, as advocates, um, and you know, just, we, you know, sharing that. their own stories. In, investors, I mean, we've had events at, at your apartment where we've had <laughs> investors come over and, um, and you talk to these guys and they're sharing their experiences, you know, and again, yeah. these are not, I mean, these are pretty wealthy individuals. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, release names or anything. Again, it's a discretionary right. thing and it's, it's not anyone's business, but theirs, but, um, you know, talking to guys that are literally worth billions of dollars, telling me yeah. how, you know, their experience on, with psilocybin or ayahuasca. Um, I've never, ever seen, again, I've been doing this for a long time. I've never seen this much passion about yeah. an industry. So that's, that's, again, that's very exciting. I saw a lot of that last year. Um, and I think that's spilling over into this year as well. 
Um, in terms of 2022, uh, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I definitely see uh, another record year of, of, of capital flowing into the space, um, more decrim movements happening. Uh, and finally, we're going to see some of the results of these clinical trials that started, you know, in 2020 and 2021, um, which is exciting. You know, I'm, in, I'm, I'm very... I'm very optimistic about how this is going to work out. But even if, say, there's a company that you know releases trial results, releases trial results, and they're not so great, that's okay. You know, that's okay right. because what happens is, okay, we know that maybe this doesn't work, or maybe this needs to be altered a little bit so it can work. So, from your perspective, I mean, I guess, I guess, my question for you is, what are you the most excited about this year in terms of psychedelics and investing in psychedelics? Yeah, I don't know if it's that distinct from, you know, when we first started investing, it was kind of that commingling of regulatory shifts, um, really great entrepreneurs, amazing data-driven science, and the fact that, you know, capital markets are part of this discussion with this overlay of, of biotech and on the other side, indigenous reciprocity. So it feels the same just a little more refined and again if we look at the watershed of 2021 and you know where we're heading this year um it's it's the same but better okay i i I think you're right and i it's um it's interesting to me as well to see so many we know that like the big institutions and you know the guys that can you know put up 10 20 million that have already you know come into the space. It's really interesting now to watch the retail space come in, because I personally get a lot of emails from people that are very excited about it and want want in. Um, yeah. And you know, look, there's a lot of psychedelics companies out there now that are publicly traded, and I tell them tread lightly because a lot of them are not <laughs> good investments. I mean, that's the whole point. If you think about JLS, I mean, how much time, you know, do we spend? sifting through all these companies that come in. I mean, it, it's an enormous amount of time and, and effort, money to do that. I can't imagine what it's like for just, you know, your average everyday retail investor looking at a hundred different psychedelics or psychedelics related companies and going, shit, which one, which one do I invest yeah. in? Um, yeah. I'm, I do get a little nervous that, you know, it's, it's going to be, um, some of these companies are not, in my opinion, and I'm not going to name names, but they're not above board. You know, they're not, they're not doing anything particularly worthwhile or valuable to the space. They're just looking for a quick buck. And I, I hope those companies, um, you know, they, they, they go away quickly. So they don't drag yeah. down the reputation, but I think for the most part, and I would say this to people, you know, if they, if they don't have enough cash on hand to get through these clinical trials, if it's a drug development company um, or they don't have IP, uh, you just move on to the next one. Um, and that's not to say that you have to yeah. invest in drug development and discovery. I mean, there's other avenues, certainly, you know, JLS, mm-hmm. that's been um, a big part of, of the investment thesis. It's not just drug development and discovery. There's a lot of ways mm-hmm. to play this. Um, but if you're a retail investor, let's face it, how many of these, how many public yeah. psychedelics companies are doing anything but say, hey, look, I got this new molecule and I'm going to try to do this, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely going to be that shift. I mean, a lot are saying we've already had the market correction, you know, because there were a lot of, uh, you know, last month and going into January, there was a lot of uh, quote unquote value lost. 
when some of the ones were at their highs were kind of corrected. Mm-hmm. Um, still and so, uh, there are so many good players we're seeing. I mean, the amount of companies we meet with, um, it's, it's a lot. And we're seeing a lot better than worse. And I feel like a lot of those bad actors that were able to get in, which is true of any industry, when there's opportunity or a shift, like a lot of them have fallen by the wayside or they've moved on to, you know, the next trending opportunistic. Um, yeah, the amount of, of folks I know who were so gung-ho um, at the beginning of 2021 in psychedelics. And now it's like, oh, now, wait, this is an industry. There's not as much opportunism in the long run um, who kind of attract to the, the opportunistic um, it's so ridiculous how so many are in NFTs all of a sudden. The new hot thing, right? Right. Well, you know, it's um, really good though because it's good to weed out the, the 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 those those investors because this is this is not a trading gig, you know. I mean, we're investing for the long haul because it's yeah, you know, and we're this is going to save a lot of lives, and we're not we're not just trying to you know get in, get out, move on to the next one. That's not what this is about. And I'm not criticizing. If you want to do that, that's fine. But this is not the industry to do that in. Yeah. 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 You hit the nail on the head. (laughs) Well, on that note, (laughs) (laughs) well, I'm very much looking forward to this year. Um, I think there's a a lot of positive developments that we're going to see in the space. Um, and it's certainly a lot of, a lot more uh, opportunities to, to make some money. Um, so uh, with that, Simeon, thank you again for your time. Until next time, be well. <laughs>